Welcome to Maker Mom, a podcast where I explore the stories of Maker Moms and the life they lead. Each week, I will bring you the behind the scenes story of a new Maker Mom. I'm Katie Freeman, a furniture designer and content creator running FreemanFurnishings.com and your host of the Maker Mom podcast. You can find Maker Moms hanging out in the Facebook community at Maker Moms and on the web at MakerMomPodcast.com. If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Hello and welcome to episode 106 of the Maker Mom podcast. This week's guest is Mara of Silver Hair and Sawdust. Uh, previously taught them to fly. She just recently changed over her profile name to Silver Hair and Sawdust because, well, she feels it better fits what she's doing and what she's sharing on Instagram. Um, you know, I'm not quite sure how long Mara and I have been uh, following each other on Instagram. It's been, you know, it's been a bit of a time, but I really love how uh, Mara is just really a cheerleader of the community and is always curious to learn more about like everything with woodworking. So uh, we definitely chat a bit about, you know, how and why she got started into woodworking and um, what she loves about the journey. It's just a really great interview and great chat with her. And I know you will enjoy it just as much as I did. But before we hop on into the interview, I want to give a big shout out and thanks to the patrons over on Patreon. So thank you so much, Christy of Twisted Twine, Christina B, Jeremy Spies, Sammy Go Sammy Lee, Lauren Rasp File Designs, Sven Dwarf Size Workshop, Rachel Moody Makes, Bonnie Tool Mom Bonnie ToolMomStore.com, Laura Oakley Soap Company, Mary Lou Made by Mary Lou. Amy Bison Valley Carving, Dan and Kelly Reclaimed Living Store, Brandy Studio Obey, Kathy One Girl and Her Tools, Ellen Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all so very much for your ongoing continued support, helping me to produce two episodes a week. All right, with no further ado, let's get dive into the interview with Mara of Silver Hair and Sawdust. My name is Mara, and it's pronounced like Maritime or Marathon, or back when I was in elementary school, the kids would um, tease me with marijuana, um, so a lot of people mispronounce it, but um, that's, how I, that's how I pronounce it. Um, I grew up in eastern Pennsylvania, currently live in central Pennsylvania, um, married to Tim, next month we'll celebrate 28 years. Um, we have two adult daughters who live across the country. Um, we love them like a bazillion tons and their partners and their best friends. And we affectionately refer to them as our kiddos, all of them. Um, do you want to know like my educational background or? We'll get, we'll get going into that in a, in a okay. little bit. Um, okay. So 28 years is quite a bit of time together. Congratulations. It's a chunk of time. It's a chunk of time. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, I only have 11 in so far, so not not nearly that long. Um, yeah. Before we get, we'll kind of start getting into education stuff, but I want to chat about um, your childhood a bit. So you said you, I mean, you grew up in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of things were you interested in when you were a kid? Um, books. I did a lot of reading. Um, I did some, uh, swimming, lifeguarding, um, worked when I was old enough to work. Um, but I, I don't think I had any, um, like super specific kind of interests, uh, my mom is an artist, so I did some art stuff with her, um, but generally I didn't, I don't think I did a whole lot on my own. I mean, she would probably pull stuff out from my elementary school days to 
prove me wrong. Um, <laughs> but like, if I compare myself to the amount of art and writing and that type of thing that my kids did, um, I, I don't, I wouldn't say that was a big part of, um, like my growing up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What kind of artist is, is your mom? Um, she did a lot of etchings, um, okay. and some sculpture, but mostly etchings. And I learned how to pull prints on a printing press, um, when I was younger and, um, like helping her in the summertime mm-hmm. with some of that stuff. So. All right. Um, do you have any siblings? Um, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so then let's go like high school, post high school. Um, what would you do around that time period? Um, I, I mean, during high school, I was very studious um, and I was on the swim team for uh, part of the time, the diving team for part of the time. Um, I would lifeguarded uh, in the summer times. So I ended up um, going to college for a degree that um, is going to really tell you how old I am um, because it was Russian and Soviet area studies. Back then, there was still the, the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. And as a, like, just a fun fact, I went on a college trip, a whirlwind, um, like Eastern European type trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was uh, at the Berlin Wall three months before it came down. That's so, kind of cool. Yeah, that, that's always something that has, has stuck with me. But um, I went to Leningrad when it was still called Leningrad. Um, but when I was in college, I also was a resident advisor. Mm-hmm. I worked in the housing office and I became really interested in um, that type of helping uh, job or role. And that's actually what led me to a grad degree. Um, I have a master's of education in counselor education, um, student personnel more specifically. Um, so it's all about working with college students and their stages of development that they go through and leadership development and, and that type of thing. And that's actually what I ended up doing for almost 30 years. So, okay. So I have to ask, I mean, what was the interest in the, uh, the Russian Soviet Union studies? Um, a lot of my family background is from that area. Um, I started out pre-med and Jen Kim took care of that really quickly. <clears throat> and so when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, I thought it would be really interesting to learn a whole lot more about um, that part of the world. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how it went that direction. Um, so it was language, literature, history, politics, you know, that it was a kind of an all-encompassing thing. Um, so. so does that mean you speak Russian? Um, I would say that I was conversational back in the day, um, but now I'm lucky if I can tell you my name and, and where I live and, and that type of thing. It's amazing how quickly you lose language you lose skills. Yeah. Um, so I, I would have loved to have kept that uh, skill, but um, I didn't have any way or reason to use it. So it, it didn't stick with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So then you go into... Um, your career of 30 years. Yeah. Um, During that time, was there, uh, especially, um, I mean, I imagine you're starting a family during that time and all of that stuff. So yeah. uh, Was there any, what were your outlets like outside of work? And yeah, I mean, I had kids starting fairly young, Um, and, uh, interestingly enough, I was in residence life right after grad school. Um, and so Tim and I lived in the residence halls, uh, as part of my job. Um, and so my oldest was uh, born while I was living in the residence halls, which was really interesting because, you know, I had students who helped to, to take care. Uh, but it was pretty crazy, pretty busy. Um, back then, but I, I did do, I, I did cross stitching. Um, that was a big one for me. Um, 
you know, once we got a house, I, I did some stenciling, I, you know, when one year I tried making a quilt for, you know, my youngest for the holidays. Um, you know, I, I tried a couple different things, but I didn't really latch on to anything. And then back in, I think maybe 2006, um, I started getting involved with um, running. And, and when I say running, I mean, like back of the pack kind of walking, <laughs> running. Uh -huh. um, and with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society team and training, um, my dad had had uh, non-Hodgkin's non -Hodgkin's lymphoma. And so I got involved and did a bunch of fundraising. And for, I would say, 11 years, that was more my outlet than anything. Um, so I ran my first ran. I, you know, walked, ran, jogged, whatever, my first half marathon at, at 37. Um, and then continued doing half marathons, full marathons um, for a number of years. Uh, and that was really mostly my outlet. That was the time that I had because of all the time I did fundraising um, in addition to the training time, because like what would a training run that might take someone, you know, X amount of time took me at least X and a half, if not two X amount of time. Um, so, you know, once the kids were old enough to kind of stay by themselves for short periods of time, um, you know, Tim, Tim did a lot of this with me, although a lot of times we didn't actually run together because he was faster. Um, but that really was like the free time that I had was that um, because the rest of the time was everything kids and cleaning and, you know, like working and whatever. So. Sorry, my unmute button was not working. Um, okay. <clears throat> all right. So, I mean, you mentioned a little bit, like you said, all the art and writing and stuff like that, that your kids did when they were younger. Um, <clears throat> and I know both of your kids are artists now, right? When, when my youngest is uh, an artist and my oldest is actually um, a writer. Okay. Different form of art. Right, right. Um, but I mean, what was it, I guess, what was your involvement with that with them? Um, I'd like to take credit because they're pretty amazing. Um, but uh, my, my mom did a lot of art with my youngest. Um, and my youngest did a lot of art while her older sister was figure skating. Um, we kind of joke about that because she spent a lot of time at the rink and a lot of time that she spent at the rink, she was drawing and perfecting her, um, her craft. Mm -hmm. uh, but, um, but the, the writing part, I, I mean, it's a funny story. I, my kids read, we read to the kids from the time they were babies mm -hmm. um, and we read out loud until they could read by themselves. And then they read themselves. And, and as much of a, like a bookaholic as I was, they continue even to this day to be um, even more involved with, with reading than I was. Um, but our, our oldest, when she was in seventh grade, um, spent the summer writing a novel and, you know, we would like be, you know, get off the computer, go outside, you know, it's the summertime, whatever. And she would be telling us, you know, I'm writing a novel. And we were like, sure. Okay. Sure, right. Yeah. You're writing a novel. <laughs> and in fact, she wrote a novel um, and it was published when she was 13 and she wrote a second novel at age 15 and ended up going to college for um, a very specific writing degree. So um, I'd like to say that Tim and I, you know, were really um, instrumental in all of it, but I feel like they, they were really just um, impressive young people and then turned into impressive young adults, so. Have they inspired you getting more into art? Yeah, I mean, I draw a huge amount of inspiration from my kids and I, I mean, I guess my kids are old enough that that might be a little different than, you know, a lot of people that you, you speak to, but mm -hmm. they have been so supportive and so encouraging. Um, 
and and actually, you know, you should start an Instagram account. And um, after they moved out, I I went through like this whole. I started a blog. That was another thing. You should start a blog. You know, they mm-hmm. they helped me with this whole empty nest thing because I I was at a loss. Um, and I started this whole thing like hobby adventures. And so I tried, um, you know, I, I tried some photography and I went, tried going back to the cross stitch and I thought about quilting and I thought about, um, I don't even, I can't even think of all the different things I, I thought about. I, I even tried some writing. Like I, I tried to do all of these things and they were the ones who really encouraged me to keep keep at it and keep trying to find something that I was passionate about. And, um, so yeah, I, I, they're my heroes. I mean, I, they inspire me. Um, and of course, Tim has been very encouraging and supportive as well. Um, so I, I've been really lucky in that respect. And my parents and my, my close, like knit people, Mm -hmm. like group of people have just, um, all been inspiring and supportive. So so, I mean, I guess, okay, so you started the blog, uh, hobby adventure type thing. Is that, I mean, was woodworking one of the things on the list of like, let's try it out? <laughs> no, I, it never even, it never even crossed my mind. I mean, when I started this, oh, baking, I did some baking and I did cooking and I talked, uh, in the beginning, it was a lot about the running and the training and, and, you know, the, the fundraising and like the, like the in, inspiration I was gaining um, and, you know, how running was like how a run would go and what I saw and, and that type of thing. So yeah, there was baking, cooking. Um, so, so no, I mean, I, I would never in a million years have thought about woodworking. Um, you know, Tim is really handy around the house. He does everything. Like he fixes everything, you know, he does the maintenance on the cars, like so we, we had all of these tools um, and he knows how to use the ones obviously that we had, um, but I always just let him do that. It was not, he wasn't woodworking necessarily. Mm-hmm. We, were doing some, we were doing some updating on the house. We've been in the house for over 15 years and when the kids were little and, and you know, things were really busy, there was a lot of stuff that we just, it was aesthetic and we just kind of pushed mm-hmm. it off. And so- I did a little bit more of the DIY stuff with him as after the kids left and we redid, like we painted and tore carpet out of their bedrooms. And, and I actually did um, um, like kind of record a bunch of that in the blog. And that kind of was a home projects DIY mm-hmm. aspect of it. And so I did start to learn some through doing those projects because before like just kind of in a natural way of division, he would be doing the house stuff and I would be doing the kids stuff. Right. So now I started really trying to help more with the, the DIY stuff. Mm-hmm. So how do you go from DIY into woodworking? <laughs> yeah. Um, it was just kind of a fluke. So I, I've, I mentioned this a little bit in my, in my Instagram, um, but back in uh, 2017, you know, the kids, like it was really starting to hit me that the kids not only were in school out West, that their jobs and their people were going to mean that they stayed out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we were lucky to see them like twice a year at that point. Um, so, so I was dealing with that. And then my dad um, almost died from a tick-borne parasite. Um, and that was uh, pretty dramatic and, and difficult. Um, and so that was in July of 2017. And in August, both of Tim's parents died 10 days apart. Um, and then we found out my, my aunt was, um, had cancer. And so she died not long after that. And, and so I was really, um, struggling with, kind of how to manage myself. Um, and I just, I started thinking about holiday gifts. Um, and I started looking for, you know, kind of handmade or homemade holiday gifts. 
and I found um, the wine totes by Shanty to Chic and the beer totes by Rogue Engineer. And I, I looked at Tim and I said, I, I think that these would be a really neat gift for the niece, the niece and nephews. And I would like to make these. And he was like, okay, you know, you want to do something like that? Let's do it. And he immediately, um, he has a, had an ancient craftsman miter saw, a little, little 10 inch miter saw. It was November. And so like we went to Lowe's and we got the things and he hauled that up into the driveway. And I still have a driveway workshop really. Um, and he showed me how to use it and he helped me, like he showed me how to do all of it. And, and I made those for holiday gifts and it really was fun. And it really um, was something that captured my attention in terms of being like a, a mental and a physical type of hobby um, or activity. And I really liked that. I liked being engaged in, in all of the ways. So, you know, being that winter in central Pennsylvania is cold, um, nothing really happened for a number of months until that July. And I, I said, I, I can't kind of let this go. It's still like, I still want to do more with this. So it, it was just happenstance, like random. Mm -hmm. What do you, I mean, I know you said the, the mental and the physical aspect of the hobby, you like that, but um, I mean, there's, there's quite a bit of quite a few hobbies out there. I would say that like really do both those things. So what specifically do you think it is like, about working with wood and creating with wood that kind of captures that feeling for you. Yeah. I mean, when I think about, I, I suppose that photography could be, you know, mentally and physically engaging. Um, I didn't really feel like, like knitting or crocheting or cross stitch um, or, or really for me, like baking or cooking, like I, I didn't feel like those were um, as much on the physical end of, of things. My job was fairly sedentary. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I had been um, in residence life and in student conduct and then in academic advising. Uh, so I did a lot of sitting at the computer. And so I was looking for something that would not be sitting, you know, would be kind of more engaging. Um, and as I'm sure you know, with woodworking, you have to be super engaged. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you have to know like where your fingers are and, you know, that you have all your safety equipment on and um, that the cut that you're about to do is going to be safe. And so, you know, you, you have to be focused. Um, you know, if, if you're um, baking and you're... Um, not thinking like my re most recent example, making pumpkin bread and you forget to put the sugar in, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you pour maple syrup on it and pretend it's a, a like pumpkin pancake. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you, you don't want to make um, any kind of like serious mistakes when you're woodworking. I mean, obviously if you cut something the wrong length, then, you know, you have to figure out what to do with that. But right. there is an aspect of, um, safety where you really need to be engaged. And so I, I really um, feel like that focus is part of what I liked. And then also I liked, um, I like, I like all of the different pieces of it. I liked making all the cuts that were on the cut list. And I, I liked learning all of the things about you know, the difference between pocket holes and, and butt joints and miter joints and there's just, I felt like there was just so much for me to learn and try and um, ways for me to improve. And that, that really just sparked me to keep wanting to do more. Mm -hmm. So I want to like, just ask maybe more so, cause this is something I've noticed recently myself. Um, 
the mindfulness of woodworking is something I very much appreciate. Like, like you said, you have to kind of be very present in that moment and aware of what's going on. But I have found, especially during this year <laughs> and all of the craziness that's kind of going on in the world around us, um, that even though I feel very present in that moment of, you know, woodworking, that I've had some near misses and then like mm -hmm. having to take a step back and realize like, okay, wow, like my mind still really is like mm -hmm. focused on this stuff that's really, you know, anxiety producing for me. Right. Um, so I was just, I guess, curious, like, if that's, if you've had any similar experiences around that, maybe more recently? Um, um, I feel like um, I have a really healthy fear of the tools. And maybe that's because I didn't even start till age 50. Mm -hmm. And so like, it was really, you know, my, my old safety conscious self, my like ridiculously safety conscious you know, self, mm -hmm. um, maybe comes into play in that if I don't feel like I can really be focused, I have a thousand other things that I'll, I have to do. Like, especially, you know, in the spring and the summer and the fall with the garden and, you know, the, the outside of our, our house. Um, and like currently I'm redoing our stairwell, like there's inside projects. Last summer, I did faux shiplap in our, our kitchen and painted the entire ground floor. And um, so I, I feel like I have a somewhat of a sense of myself in that if I don't think I, I have that full concentration, um, if I get any hint that I, I'm not fully engaged, then I say, this is not what I need to be doing right now. And I move on to something else. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I can, I mean, I think that it's a real thing. I mean, it's definitely, um, I, it's interesting because that's why I don't actually um, listen to podcasts or um, a lot of times I don't have any music on when I'm working. I'm, I'm outside in the garage and the driveway. Those mm -hmm. are my spaces. Um, and, and when I'm outside, outside in the driveway, I also, um, although when I'm making noise with the tools, I don't think it's a, as much of a concern. But, you know, we have bear that wander through every once in a while or or deer or, you know, whatever. So I'm I, I do kind of keep an eye. Out. <laughs> um, but I I feel like I need to keep my focus on exactly what I'm doing. And so um, that's another thing that I I do is I just I don't really listen to, to something mm -hmm. while I'm working. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, I I will listen to music because it's okay for me to like tune that out mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. but I won't listen to a podcast mm -hmm. while I'm working more mm -hmm. so just because if I'm listening to a podcast I'm listening intentionally right right I'm, I'm right. like this is something I want to listen to yep um and I will tune it out while I'm woodworking and right. um and then I'll be like well crap I totally missed like you know 30 minutes exactly. of that podcast yes yes absolutely <laughs> Um, so when you're talking about like cut list and, and that type of thing, does that mean, um, like, are you working from plans a lot of the time? Are you doing your own designs, um, when you're woodworking? It's I'm doing all, all, I'm doing it all. <laughs> I, I keep saying, I want to do all of the woodworking things. Um, I started so late and I, I have so much now that I, I want to try. And so um, definitely when I first started, I, I did all the plans and I know you've heard this from everybody, you know, but Anna White and Shanti Deshik and Rogue Engineer and Jamie Castiglio and, you know, all of the, the people who, um, are gracious enough to post their plans. Um, you know, Sadie from the Awesome Orin, mm -hmm. it, it just, it, it's really helpful. And I did a lot of that. Um, I also got involved with the Builders Challenge, um, and so I just completed my fourth um, season of the Builders Challenge, and and that the way that's structured, it, they give you a basic plan at least up till now they have, and you can alter it however 
you want, as long as you've kept it kind of obvious that it's still like, you know, if it, they say build a table, like as long as it still looks like it's a table kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's helped me to kind of branch out a little bit. I've, I have tried to um, create some of my own plans. My, my brain is not a, um, a geometrical mathematical brain. Um, so that part is really challenging for me. I, I don't, and I do it all on pen and, you know, with pen and paper, pencil and paper. I, I don't, I, I don't have the online um, of skills or things like that. Um, I'm really still very old school, as you probably noticed in trying to get this set up. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, but also I've been trying um, to play a little bit more with epoxy. Um, you know, I've used a maker epoxy to do like char charcuterie boards. And um, I think that's how you say that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, like I, I'm just trying all of the different kinds of things and I still have dovetails on my list. I definitely want to try that. Um, so I, yes, I mean, yes, from plans, yes, trying to do my own thing. Yes, to all of it. Okay. Before I, I hop into the next question, I just want to say, like, you didn't start late. You have <laughs> another 40 years at least. Um, well, seeing that woodworking is so physical, that's my only, you know, like when I move the lumber pile around, I feel it for a good chunk of time. So <laughs> that's my only like caveat with this woodworking thing is that I physically want to be able to, you know, do I, I can, yeah. you know what I mean? I, I get it, but I will say, you know, I'm, I'm 39 and I feel things much more this year than I did last year. <laughs> yeah. And, yep. and yep. it's definitely becoming one of those, like, I'm going to be one of those people saying it's hell getting old because it's yeah. hell getting old. Um, yep. yep. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm having to learn how to change practices of stances and, uh, you know, power carving bent over for four hours, my back yep. just will not take that anymore. Well, I, I actually threw my back out two years ago for the first time ever, and I still have to move carefully. So, I mean, mm -hmm. ah. yes. <laughs> hey, makers, do you know Lauren of Rasp and File Designs? Well, if you don't, you should definitely go check out her work. You can find her on Instagram, Rasp File Designs. Lauren is making all kinds of cool furniture and home decor pieces out of live edge uh, hardwoods and metal bases. Um, that's not all she does though, so you should really go check her out and see what she's up to, especially as holiday seasons are coming up. And I know all of us makers really enjoy making our own Christmas presents, but perhaps you're running out of time, so you want to maybe go check out Lauren. She's in the D.C. area, so especially those who are close uh, location-wise to her. So go ahead, go check her out at Rasphile Designs on Instagram, and let's get back to the episode. Hey, makers. Today's episode is brought to you by Tool Mom and Company, or some of you know her as Tool Mom Bonnie. Uh, she has all kinds of tool-related merchandise of gifts and clothing for all ages and genders available at toolmomstore.com. I have two of the coffee mugs. One says, Go Girl, and it has a circular saw with flames coming off the back, which is super sweet. And then the other one is the definition of a tool chick, which just makes you feel kind of badass when you're drinking out of it. So if you are in the market, especially as we're getting close to Christmas, for any tool-related merchandise, be that gifts or clothing, make sure you head on over to toolmomstore.com. And extra bonus, you can receive 20% off at checkout if you use the coupon code MAKERMOM. All right, let's jump back into the episode. Um, so, okay. So a lot of the stuff, you know, names and stuff that you were throwing out there, uh, is all kind of, I know from the maker community, especially on Instagram, 
um, right? Like Maker Poxy, that's, you know, Jess Crow. Um, right, right. And um, Sadie, Awesome Orange, her plans and uh, Anna White and everything. And I know some of them also obviously have blogs and stuff outside. But did you get on Instagram? It sound, you got on Instagram before woodworking, right? Yes. Um, so, but it sounds like you've really utilized it now as a tool to like connect with the community and learn things. Absolutely. Yeah. I never, I had, I didn't have that intention. Um, you know, when I was playing with some photography and, and, you know, some other things. And like I said, my, my kids, especially my eldest was like, you know, you should do an Instagram. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do the Instagram thing. And, and she was like, I really think you would like it. And um, you can follow some of the food, you know, blog people. And so um, when I started that random, um, you know, woodworking experiment back um, with the, the beer totes, um, I started looking for woodworkers on on Instagram because I thought, well, this, you know, I'll look at pictures, I'll see what I can come up with. And, um, you know, the, uh, is it Dom, Vic and Mark, Mm -hmm. uh, with the, for the Graham podcast, they were like some of the first three, uh, people I followed and they just were really, um, inviting in the way that they interacted, um, and posted. Um, and it, it, it really made me feel, welcome. Um, I think about back in 2009, I was training for the Marine Corps Marathon um, and they, the runner's world had an online, um, I don't know, meetup kind of community. And I, I followed it for a while as a, a lurker and being such a slow back of the packer, I was really afraid to get involved because in the running community, there are people who feel like you should run and that's pretty much it. Um, and I took, I took a chance and I, to this day, I'm friends with um, so many of the people that I met in that, that venue. And so I felt like it was kind of the same in the, in this Instagram woodworking community. Um, I was really, really nervous to post anything, but, you know, I had like 25 followers, you know, or 50 followers and they were all, all family and friends. So I was like, okay, you know, and I would hashtag with these really random hashtag so I wouldn't draw any attention and um and so as I kind of branched out um and started posting more I mean I I still after four years I I don't have a huge following which is fine because honestly I don't have a business I mean I'm not looking looking at that aspect of it it's um that's not my purpose uh, but I found that if I posted things um, or ask questions or whatever, that everybody was so helpful and supportive and inviting. And um, it kind of morphed into um, more of a community for me than, than I ever like would have anticipated. So, I mean, my original name was Taught Them to Fly. It was all about empty nest. Like that was, mm-hmm. that was my purpose in, in, in just trying to um, like, deal with my empty nest. And I don't know, the Dave Matthews band has a song called uh, You and Me. And one of the lines is like, you know, and when our kids are old enough, we're going to teach them to fly. And that's really where that came from, you know, mm-hmm. them to fly. They left the nest. They flew really, really, really <laughs> far away. You know, like sometimes um, we joke that we did too good a job. Um, them. But as you know, just a few days ago, like I've been hashtagging everything silver hair and sawdust because like it's hard to see my hair is down, but like there's a lot of silver in there and it, it's getting more and more. Um, and so I just decided that I was going to change the name to that um, because it really is more representative of what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. So who like, again, you know, you're kind of trying it all, which I, which I love. I wish I would, this this year was supposed to be my year of experimentation and then you know yeah I'll just say the year 2020 happened 2020, <laughs> and it and it really hasn't happened um but I wanted to do that because I wanted to be able to push my 
art, right? To say like, okay, who cares if it turns out perfect? I just need to try some stuff so that I can push it a little further. Now I will say I have tried texture this year and I'm really, yeah. really getting into that and loving that. Yeah, it's but, cool. Um, what are some of those things that are like on your horizon? I know you mentioned dovetails and stuff, but like, is there any overall, um, you know, whether it be different material types you want to work with or, or different techniques you want to work with? What's some of those things that you're just like dying to try? I mean, I'd like to say I would love to try welding, but I don't think that is going to happen. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't have the resources, um, to do that, but, um, but no, I, I think I just want to keep kind of experimenting with, um, in the direction that I'm headed, um, with different, more, more different, that sounds, does not sound smooth with different types of joinery. Mm -hmm. Um, like I have the essential joinery book, um, by the wood whisperer and, and, I really want to try to, um, I think, experiment more with different types of joinery and different types of woods and different types of um, pieces of furniture and um, more, you know, I, I, I know there's all different brands of epoxy out there. I say maker epoxy because that's the only one I've right. tried and it, it seems to be working well for me so far. Um, but, you know, I, I don't want to do any river tables. That's not really where I'm at, but I like using it to fill in voids and, and kind of see how that turns mm -hmm. out. Um, uh, there's a, some, um, woodworkers I've become friendly with, uh, the woodshop labs and, um, and I, I've been able to get some of their, their like scrap pieces that have lots of different voids and holes and, and I've um, used them to make some like business card holders with the epoxy and, and, and that type of thing. So um, I think just, you know, more bow ties. I like the bow ties um, and the different types of joinery and the different types of wood, but not, I, I don't see myself straying so much from the, the woodworking um, mm -hmm. in terms of my resources and space and tools and, um, you know, that type of thing. Okay. So what type of, I mean, are you predominantly working with hardwoods now still or like construction lumber? Because I, I asked mainly because, you know, you mentioned things like um, Anna White and mm -hmm. um, Shanty to Chic. And mm -hmm. generally speaking, their plants are more uh, construction lumber. Yeah, based. that's definitely where I started. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like my entire bedroom set is all um, like the construction grade and the um, appearance boards is that what they're, mm -hmm. they're called the the nicer grade um, white wood fur type of, mm -hmm. of um, and I like that and I I used um, I started using weather wash um, mm -hmm. like when I made my very first piece of furniture um, and I I really like it for that type of uh, thing um, and you know I just I, I started. Um, having access to like the neighbors, like if they find pieces of wood or whatever, um, started giving me like these different pieces of um, maple and um, walnut. Uh, and then the woodshop labs, when they have pieces they don't use, they, they will give them to me. Um, and so, uh, oh, and we went to buy a year ago um, a planer from these folks that were about an hour and a half away and it was a retired couple and they were moving uh, and they had all of this uh, white ash that they had cut from their property and, you know, milled up and mm -hmm. they were like, you know, we're really excited that you are a woodworker and, you know, anything that, that you, like, you want, you can take. So I joked that I have this big ash pile of white ash. Um, and so that's, another way that I ended up with some um, hardwood and they gave me some, a few boards of cherry and a few boards of white pine. And so, I mean, I, I, I am doing more with the hardwoods because now I understand more about it, um, but I certainly have no aversion, um, you know, or no reason not to do the other. I mean, every once in a while, a friend will like say, oh, can you, can you build this for me? Um, and it's a, you know, it's a build that would lend itself to, um, you know, the, 
the construction grade mm-hmm. or, you know, one level upgrade. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, sure. I mean, that looks like fun. So um, I would say more hardwood now, but I, you know, I would be fine doing the other as well. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the ash? Um, I like it. I really like it. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just built a desk for Tim, uh, because he's doing so much more work from home, uh, which is up in our eldest's room now, you know, you snooze, you lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and, um, it, it, I mean, it's a learning process. It really is, um, you know, getting it through the planer and it's heavy. And so like balancing it to get it in and out. Um, cause I don't have in feed out feed, you know, I have mm-hmm. a thing. Um, and then, you know, cutting it, it just, it's a real learning process, but I feel like it, the out, like the end result was a really pretty mm-hmm. um, piece of furniture. And, and I didn't try staining it cause I, I wanted it to be the, the natural color. Mm-hmm. Um, but I understand it's, it's really um, good in terms of stain. So I probably at some point will try something else that, you know, and, and mm-hmm. stain it and see what happens. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I have not uh, worked with Ashwood to be, for the most part, to be honest, I always looked at it as kind of like a, like a boring wood, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just like, there's just, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like there's a lot of character to it. Um, I'm drawn more to like the maples mm-hmm. and the walnuts, um, mm-hmm. just because I, the, I heart walnut. Yeah. <laughs> just because I, I mean, the grain and stuff is just, yep. it's it, to me so much more interesting. But that the carved uh, table that I just finished is ash because it came mm-hmm. from our yard. We had to get right. rid of two ash trees because the, the emerald ash borer. Uh, the mm-hmm. emerald ash borer. Um, and, and I kept, you know, some logs uh, from both from both trees. And so this was the first time I'd done anything with it. I will totally agree. It is hard as heck. And carving it was not... <laughs> was not Mm -hmm. easy um Mm -hmm. it it took it put some wear on my tools but um I was surprised as I worked to finish Mm -hmm. it with some of the grain I was like oh yeah maybe there is some like redeeming qualities about it you know yeah absolutely yeah um so there will be more coming in ash just because that's what I have dry and ready to work with now me too yeah (laughs) um so I want to I want to dive a little bit more into this um, empty empty nest thing, and maybe because you know, like you mentioned before, a lot of times what the moms I have on the show um, are moms of littles, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we spend a lot of time talking about what an adjustment it is to go Mm -hmm. from being like you're a whole single person yourself and now you're this your mom and there's a big change that happens there um I have not ever really gone down the path of what's the change on the other end when they leave right um you know, to be honest, like I'm still in the thick of littles and not even thinking about (laughs) about what that's going to be like emotionally and such. Um, Well, I mean, I don't think you think about it. No. (laughs) It's just, I mean, you're so in the, in the moment every day. um, uh, Certainly not something I I thought about. I mean, in the big picture, you know, when Tim and I got married and, you know, I got pregnant and, and, you know, we're like, okay, well, we'll have our kids young and then we'll be young enough that when they, you know, leave the house and whatever, we'll be able to go and travel and right. do on the back end. Right. And then all of a sudden they're gone and you're like, whoa, like, you know, everything that I was doing was kind of revolving around, right. you know, I mean, my running, I had my running and I had that part of it. And I actually, I also was part of a business for a while. Um, I had a, a business partner and we would travel to skating competitions and sell clothing. Um, so I, I did have that as well. Um, but that was over before my kids left for school. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, randomly. I also traveled with my eldest to speaking engagements because of her books. Gotcha. And so, I mean, I, I like everything was revolved around a lot of the mm-hmm. stuff and, and it was like, 
we never expected our kids to go so far for, for school. And, and the vast majority of our friends, their kids were close enough that they could come in for a weekend or um, they could go visit them. And so when, when our kids left, they, they left. Right. And, and that was like a whole extra, you know, piece of it where, you know, like I, I know our friends understood, you know, when their kids went to school. Um, but I, I don't know that they were able to grasp that extra piece of, you know, our, our kids grew up in, in this kind of more rural area and now they're in school in this huge city, you know, and they're, you know, on the other side of the country and three hour time difference. And it just like, it was, um, I don't even know if I have a really good word for it. Like it, it was just not anything we were really prepared for. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and Tim has always had his outdoor hobbies. Like he's always, you know, they take him out of the house and he goes and he does that. And he, you know, he, he always can keep busy. Um, but I was, I, I mean, I was really kind of at a loss. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I was still working at that time. So I, I had work and I had, um, I was still running a little bit at, at that time. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's like a really um, huge change. Um, I'm grateful that, that Tim and I worked really hard on our relationship along the way. Mm -hmm. And we still are really enjoy each other, right. <laughs> um, which is helpful. It's mm -hmm. really helpful. Um, and I think that that was a, a really um, big thing for me in, in that I, I did have him. Um, we got Fargo the Terrible. Um, so I have Fargo the Terrible who also um, kept me really busy, especially in the early days. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not something you really think about ahead of time. I don't, at least I didn't. Mm -hmm. So it's really a different thing. I mean, but what I, honestly, what I hear you saying, and it, it just kind of clicked in my head, is a lot of the moms I talk to go to woodworking to find themselves in, in the midst of like, who am I outside of being a mom? Right. But what I hear you saying is, it was the same exact thing for you. Yeah. Because your identity had become yes. mom. Right. Um, and, and not that that goes away. Obviously, you're still a mom. Yep. You're always a mom once you're yep. a mom. Yep. Um, yep. But you still had, you're still finding yourself now back yep. to yourself through woodworking. Um, uh, absolutely. I would absolutely agree with that. So, I came about it like on the tail end. <laughs> Like I thought I would be, you know, doing the, the traveling and whatever. And Tim and I discovered we were more homebodies and any, any money that we were using for travel was to see our kids, right. like, to bring them here or to go see them, mm -hmm. which we hadn't anticipated. Um, and, and, and then we were, we really are homebodies, which I'm not sure I would have anticipated. Mm -hmm. So the woodworking for me is just, like so beautiful in that it's here, you know, it's, it's in my garage. And, um, and when, when Tim, it helps me, like when he gets involved, he enjoys it. It's not something he, you know, wants to really add to his hobby list, but right. he enjoys it enough that, you know, I mean, mostly we work well together. <laughs> um, but it, it is nice to have that, like where I can talk to him and he understands and, you know, that has become kind of part of our relationship as well. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the things that I thought I would be doing um, at this point in my life when the, the kids grew up and went away um, definitely is not what I'm actually doing, but it's, I'm feeling really grateful for what I'm actually doing because it has opened up this whole new world for me, which I really appreciate. Mm -hmm. And I think it can also give you with this, with the, community you've tapped into, um, mm -hmm. at least as an outside person uh, watching. So I am totally a, a people watcher and a, and a uh, relationship watcher, if that makes any sense. Um, <clears throat> and how I, I 
enjoy watching how people interact with the world around them type thing. Sure. And I would say that I, um, there's a few people in the maker community, uh, specifically on Instagram that I would say, uh, get themselves in the role of the parent and the caregiver. And I would say you definitely have ended up falling into that role. (laughs) I mean, I, I guess I could, I can see that, but also I, I mean, I have a master's based in counseling, right? I think that's kind of innate um, for me as well. I mean, it's really kind of um, baked in Um, after working with college students for almost 30 years and, you know, raising my kids and, and, I think that that's just part of who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, I, I'm okay with it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I guess what I'm saying is it growing community through, yes, through hobby also lends itself for you to get, to still care for others. Oh yeah, absolutely. I hope so. I mean, I love being a cheerleader and I love seeing people's um, successes and, and also, you know, how we all deal with challenges and, um, you know, if I can be helpful or supportive, um, you know, I feel like it's giving back to the people who have been helpful and supportive to me. And I, I think that we, you know, for me, that's a huge part of it. And it's a huge part of what I enjoy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thank you. I think that's a compliment. Yes, it is. It's a very, very much a compliment. At least, thank you. At least to me, I always enjoy telling another mom, "You're a really good mom." Like that is something that, as a mom, you know, I think all of us go it's through. It's a huge our head. compliment. Yeah. Um. So, you talked a little bit about your shop being your garage space and your driveway yep. space. Yep. Um. What you, you mentioned planer? You picked up the planer. So, what mm-hmm. other tools are you working with in your shop space? Um, well, we, I, I, most of the things that we have are either things that Tim had, um, already, um, although I'm, I'm slowly replacing them, um, as I can, uh, or things that we bought used, like the planer we bought off of this list, uh, used, and we bought a 20 plus year old, uh, rigid table saw off of, um, Craigslist, uh, and we had this ancient craftsman drill press that someone gave us that we, we just replaced. Um, and I have, uh, it was Tim's dad's router. Um, so it's an ancient craftsman router. And I have that hooked up into the little router table. Mm-hmm. Um, and my miter saw, which I think is my most used tool. Um, I'm, I'm scared of the table saw. I'm, I'm working on it and I've watched all the videos and I've read everything and, and I'm doing more with it, but I, I won't use a table saw if Tim's not here. Um, also we don't have an outfeed net necessarily. Yeah. So bus is always like kind of catching. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he's so much more comfortable with all of these tools. Um, and so, uh, if it's something that I'm just too freaked out about, he, he will do that part for me, which I appreciate. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, drill press, planer. Oh, we, he, we just got, uh, my neighbor called me a couple weeks ago and said, Hey, the people next to me put this little, uh, jointer on the side of the road. And there's a sign that says it works and it's free. So I ran over and I, I picked up this little four and a half inch or whatever, you know, ancient craftsman jointer. Um, and Tim cleaned it all up for me. And so now I have this little jointer. Um, so I'm, I'm starting to like kind of expand my, Mm -hmm. Oh, and our neighbor died suddenly. Um, and he he had a wood, a wood shop. So I now have his old bandsaw, um, ancient craftsman bandsaw. (laughs) So it's not cleaned up yet. Tim is going to work on that, um, for me and help me to, to clean that up. So I'm anxious to try that one out. Um, but yeah, everything's on wheels. So if I have this workshop, wheels, I don't have a dust collection. Um, and so, uh, I roll everything out in the driveway and then I sweep up the driveway. Um, I do have that dust right thing from uh, rockler. And so like, I'll hook that up now to the planer. Um, but I can't hook it up also to the shop vac because I blow the fuse. So, um, so yeah, I roll everything on the driveway and that way, like, 
I can clean up the driveway and the garage stays like reasonably okay. <laughs> um, every once in a while I get the shop back and turn it on reverse and blow everything out yeah. of the garage too. But yeah, that's my space. And so I, you know, in the summer I have to work really like in the morning and in the um, like fall and winter, it's more in the afternoon because of the temperatures and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, that's where I'm grateful that I, in the, the shop space that I rent, uh, uh, the, the person who, you know, owns the shop space, he's a cabinet maker. And so that was his cabinet making shop. And so he had, mm-hmm. you know, put in like a window air unit. So in the summertime, if I right. don't want to work with the door open, I can throw the air on or the same mm-hmm. thing. He's got like a little shop heater that does actually a remarkable job about heating up that shop space and it's nice Mm -hmm. um yeah we have a heater too which we we just put in we put in some insulation and mm -hmm. wall and a heater um so i try and be like kind of planful in terms of the weather and so if it's a nice day i try and do a lot of like cutting and sanding and that type of thing and then i can um like do indoor stuff like if i'm going to do some epoxy or gluing Mm -hmm. you know assembly and and that type of thing um if the weather's not so great. So I, I, I try and kind of organize myself mm-hmm. to the degree that I can at least make progress on something um, or like paint the steps, you know, right. if I can't work outside. So I, 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 I have what I always hashtag never ending to do list. And so I, I always have something indoor, outdoor, woodworking, house, whatever to mm-hmm. be doing. So I, I do the best I can to manage with the weather and stuff mm-hmm. um well we're actually like at the end of our time <laughs> i i feel like that is shocking yeah um not as bad as you thought right um that was very nice you're wonderful thank you <laughs> thank you um but especially since you just had a, a name change on yes. instagram i want to give you another chance to shout out like how people can find you and follow along with all your projects um so i changed it to silver hair and sawdust so it's silver hair and then underscore and and then underscore sawdust i actually started an, an instagram account that was silver hair and sawdust all one word um just to hold it because i was thinking about it Mm-hmm. But I, I couldn't figure out like how to like do yeah. all the gyrations. So I just changed it and put the underscores in. Um, but I'm, I'm on Instagram and that's pretty much it because I, I don't have a, a business. So um, that would be where you would find me. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, Mara, again, for taking oh, time to talk you, with Katie. me. Yeah. Thank you. All right, so again, that was Mara of Silver Hair and Sawdust. I will include the links on how you can follow along with her in the show notes. Quickest way to find that is to look in the description on the podcast app, and you should see the links there to follow along. If you are really enjoying the podcast, please make sure that you are subscribed on whatever app you are listening on and head on over to iTunes, leave a five-star review. All of that helps the algorithms let other people know uh, that you enjoy this podcast and puts it out there for other folks to find. Now, I also really love it when I get tagged over on Instagram at Maker Mom Podcast because one of you has shared about your favorite episode or uh, something you've learned about one of your favorite makers, either in your stories or in your feed, and you're just sharing about um, all of these amazing female non-binary makers stories and what you've learned by listening to the podcast. So uh, please continue to to share. That also helps other people find out about the podcast. And again, I just really enjoy seeing all of you interact with it. If you uh, want to help support uh, further, then head on over to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash maker mom podcast and there's a few different tier levels there there is a one three and five dollar tier level that comes with different merchandise depending on 
which level you pick. And then there is a $30 a month tier level that makes you an official sponsor of the podcast, which means you get your very own ad spot in every episode for the month. Those are very limited. In fact, I only have one of those spots left. So if that's something you're considering doing, uh, please jump on that sooner rather than later. All the levels, though, get you access to any additional content that gets put out, such as uh, live podcast interviews. We have had one so far this year. Um, We will see if I can get another one in before the end of the year, but I definitely expect those to increase as we get into the year 2021. And then lastly, if you're just interested in maybe getting a Maker Mom podcast t-shirt or sticker, hit me up on Instagram at Maker Mom podcast, shoot me a, a direct message and we can figure out how to make that happen. Now, when I'm not interviewing guests and editing uh, for putting out two episodes a week of the podcast, you can find me designing and making furniture and other home decor and uh, I guess even getting into some DIY stuff lately at freemanfurnishings.com and pretty much across all social media, just at Freeman Furnishings. You can find me most active on TikTok YouTube and Instagram. Those those are the places where I keep uh, things the most current on what projects I'm working on. But you can also find me on Facebook and LinkedIn. And I I think that's it. So at Freeman Furnishings on all of that, I'd I'd love to see you, uh, love to interact with you on uh, projects that I have going on. All right. So it is Friday. It is the end of the week. I hope that uh, you're staying safe, staying healthy, um, and I hope that you get to spend time with your family, get out in the garage and make something, whatever you need to do to make sure that uh, you are staying healthy, happy, and safe. All right, until next week, I will see you later. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know.